Maple Leafs throw a stinker on the board on home ice as the Buffalo Sabres are full marks for a 5-1 victory. Yeah, can't really quibble with the call by Joe Bowen there. Not the night the Leafs wanted. First game back with fans in the building. And, uh, well, I guess I guess uh, one way to put it is you could certainly hear the fans. They made themselves a part of tonight's game. Uh, they were not happy with what they, they, heard, they saw and letting everybody know about it in the third period. And, quite frankly, I can't blame them. Well, like our good friend Joe Bowen, as we uh, took over the studio here down at Scotiabank Arena, he said, well, I'd like to hear you guys make sense of this game. <laughs> and I said, Joe, why don't you stay? Why, you know, why don't you make sense of the game? And uh, that's, yeah. So for starters, I thought there was good energy in that at the start of the game. Take advantage of the first full house uh, since December 11th against Chicago. And, of course, that part changed. And to your point at the end, man, if, if they start getting on the goaltender, Oh, man, that could be ugly. And Peter Mrazek, who looked like he was playing well for the first half of the game. And then, you know, Brent, it's one of those, uh, if, and if you not that you have to work with the team, I just mean you could identify yeah, yeah. with it, that you kind of would just go down after and just kind of sit around a bit. You yeah. just, you, you know, what what the hell can you say? You you <laughs> You know, it's ugly. There's no point going over and over and over things. I mean, later on, they'll break it down. I mean, Rasmus, Rasmus Sandin in particular had a horrible game uh, about, you know, some of the glaring type of mistakes and, you know, trying to learn from those. But uh, when it was a 1-1 tie in the second period, the Leafs came out strong and it looked like they were on a power play, even though they weren't. Uh, things looked good. And then, yeah, it just it just turned ugly. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, I... I don't feel sorry is maybe too strong a term, but I do feel a little bad for Peter Morazic because he was, you know, he was far from spectacular tonight, but those Bronx cheers weren't just about him. That was not about just the goaltending. That was about it's the first game back in front of fans. And, you know, it's, it's one thing if you have the games you had, you know, we think back to that game against Calgary where you're peppering 50 shots and you come up with a loss. Okay, it's going to happen. But to have the, you know, the effort you have tonight against a team like Buffalo and, and like Joe said in the final call there, full march to the Sabres team. They came out and played hockey. But guess what? If these two teams come out and play with the exact same effort, the Leafs will be the 5-1 winners more times than not. So it's just a, it's a, you know, I don't think you sit here and you say, what does it mean? Does this really concern you for the future? It is one game. They did not have it tonight. But, man, it's a, it definitely leaves a sour, sour taste in your mouth. Well, yeah, and again, like I said, the first, you know, you're, you're playing well in your first home game in, what, 10 weeks. I give the Sabres credit because I really punked them to start. I, I've been their, – their effort has been had there the last – the I think so in the dress – they get piped in the dressing room. So it got them, it got them going. And uh, yeah, so, so good, on, good on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, people like to pick out, vilify somebody. And you're disappointed. Any home game like this when you come – and and who knows how many cha- how many home games people get to come to? Yeah. So uh, I can remember coming home from a Raptor game years ago when on the subway, and uh, the guy said, "Well, this is the only Raptor game my daughter gets to come to." Yeah. No, but it, you know, and it was it was a terror happened to be a terrible game, and uh, that's that's the chances you take when you go to professional sporting events, and uh, I just yeah just. When it went, it, you wanted it to go with a straight time in the third period. That, that's a bad feeling. That's a bad feeling, you know, when you're just, 
it, it just, it just. I, I guess the four-one goal did it. When it was three-one after two periods of play, we said that uh, okay, if they can make it three-two, this could be very interesting. Instead, it was four-one, and and that was all she wrote. Well, and it's the way you, you have the four-one goal. It's it's one thing if it's a scramble play and it's a weird tip or whatever. But again, when you have one of the guys who's a more consistent performer on your team, Morgan Riley, he just misses a pass to Rasmus Sandin, and you know, hey, maybe that's a little bit on Sandin too, miscommunication, a new pair, but. But when you just have a complete botch of a pass kind of right at center ice, like no, no pressure happening, and then all of a sudden you got a saber busting in the, the other way and Mrazic can't make the save. It's just it, it, it was just such a deflating goal to, to have go in. Obviously, uh, one thing of note, late in the game, uh, look, you're, you're, down, you're down three or four goals. You're going to switch things up. Sheldon Keefe really putting the lines in the blender. Uh, Nylander goes up with Matthews and Bunting. You had, a, you had a Marner and Tavares sighting together with Nick Robertson on the other flank. Uh, I don't know how much of that we'll see going forward or if that was just a coach kind of looking for life late in the game uh i think yeah i i, I think looking trying to get i think maybe a goal for tavares i um keep in mind that they lost 5-1 so you know you give up five goals to a team like the buffalo sabers give up five goals to anybody that's never any good you're not going to win many games you only score one goal either so i think there was an element of that try to try to get some finish uh to a leaf team that seemed to have a Seemed to have a decent amount of offense early, but just uh, not not the finish. I mean, I can't even remember, like, you know, Craig, there, there was the Pierre Engvall breakaway, which was a great save, but it's not like, you know, Craig Anderson was the story of the game. Uh, it was uh, it was funny. Just when the, the Leafs seemed to, they got it. What a beautiful first goal the Leafs got. First goal, only goal. And uh, and you thought, okay, that's more like it. That's, that's, what, they, that's what they can do. And uh, just didn't, and just didn't seem to have an appetite for it in the third period. No, that that was it. That's the perfect word for it. And uh, yeah, just not the appetite. Didn't really seem like they were had it in them to take the game to the Sabers. And again, when you just look at the rosters in front of you, there there's really never a game where that should be the case between the two teams. But hey, that's why it's the National Hockey League. That's why you have to play all 82 of them or however many we played in all those shortened seasons. We don't have to worry about that. One thing I think we can all agree on. I would not like to see this game played again uh, a couple Sundays from now when the Leafs are uh, the away team at Hamilton in Tim Hortons Field. That's when these two teams will meet up again. We've still got more to uh, break through, break down. F- let's be honest. Find out what happened here tonight. Uh, Leafs 5-1 losers at home to the Sabres. Leaf Station postgame will continue right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Station post game, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, walking you through a 5 1 Leafs loss at home to the Sabres. And much like Sheldon Keefe in the third period, we're looking for new combinations. We're seeing if we can find some life. And I've, I've found some. At, at the very least, I've found an agitator in the form <laughs> of our producer, Sam McKee. Uh, Sammy. Found a warm body. A war- yeah, definitely that. Uh, well, actually, let's be honest. Up here in the press box, there's no warm bodies to be had. I, we're all freezing. I actually haven't taken my coat off for a Leafs game in all year. It's so cold up here. I got my neck warmer on. You want to talk about things no one cared about. Got the big new gig this year and I'm like, I better buy some sport coats and no one's seen them because <laughs> I'm wearing my overcoat every single time uh, we're, we're doing the game. Uh, Sammy, what'd you, uh, what'd you take out of that? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay, not uh, wrong. It's not a good one. Not a good one, fellas. <laughs> I, it just, this is a trend. I mean, they've been doing this for however many years. It's really hard to have analysis on games like this because it's just been a theme of this sort of era of Leafs hockey that they love to play down to their opponents. And listen, Justin Hall talked about it today. 
today, this morning, saying we gotta not talk, we gotta not play down to our opponents. I thought it was a pretty good first period. They played pretty well, and then it just went to crap. Quite honestly, I think the turning point was probably Craig Anderson making two great saves on Engvall that kept it 2-1 for the Sabers, and they went on from there, made it 5-1, obviously. But boy, I wouldn't be. I you know what? I wouldn't be thrilled if I left this barn paying 500 bucks for a pair of gold tickets. I, I, I can understand the booing and the Bronx cheers because, boy, that was not a great game to watch, fellas. Yeah, and, and uh, again, I don't know how many times it happens when you're a good team. I just remember when we weren't a very good team, and the thing was, if you're going to stink, stink on the road. Yeah. Try, yes. try, to be, <laughs> yeah. try to be competitive at, yeah. at home just to give the, the paying customers something. Yeah. You know, and and by the way, these are these are these are first world problems. Okay, talking about it's cold up here. Oh yeah. And also the other part about whoever got the new chairs here in the press box that <laughs> like, I keep sinking. Every I time know. I keep going so, down. I'm going so we can't see the game because we can't see over the <laughs> my Joe, back kills every game. I leave. <laughs> Joe Bowen went somewhere in Scotiabank Arena and stole the stool that you're sitting oh, in. Oh yeah. It is he, a wonderful. He put his name on it perch. so he can so he can sit up high enough to watch it. But anyway, again, those are first world problems yeah. for people out there. But just just on a night like tonight, everything annoys you because normally <laughs> normally you're enjoying the game or watching the game, and there's things to pick up on and. And we were we were doing that for a while, and just got, isn't it great to have the crowd back? And and yeah, you know, people are kind of going. We uh, we all talk about the walk to the subway because I, I like that term because I can remember as a kid, and you just start you're just, you're just verbalizing about things. Yeah, look at that. How'd Sittler play? How'd McDonald play? This, that, whatever. And it goes with the theme of the game. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. And then there's times you just would walk in silence. Yeah, I was going to say a whole lot. I feel like yeah. we're all I feel like we're all the kid walking down the street, just like hands in our pockets, head down, kicking a can, not really doing much of anything. Like it's just it's a dejecting game to have to have a loss like that. It's even it's it's even when they win and you're uh, of the drinking age and you go, hey, I'm going to meet Brent and Sam. We're going to meet at whatever. I'm going to go there. <laughs> yeah. Now you're kind of go. Where's yeah. uh, Brent and Sam? They said they're going to be over yeah. at uh, Real Sports Bar. I actually, actually got to go out and let the dog. Yeah. I got to go home yeah. let the dog out. I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like going for <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, we're so. sitting here doing it, but the people uh, doing the walk to the subway, they're like, I don't uh, I don't want to relive that one. Let's uh, let's look ahead to the next time this <laughs> Let's not go to the played. sports bar where every TV is yeah. on the replay of this game. Yeah. The and, and again, you keep perspective because a nice game against – nice win against Washington and a, a wild and woolly, but still they found a way to win against Detroit. So Bruce Boudreaux's in town Saturday. He loves coaching in Toronto. He wishes he was coaching Toronto <laughs> at some point. That's not a shot at Sheldon Sheldon. Keith, it's just always been. But Bruce is loving coaching a Canadian-based team. He's loving that. He's just relishing the attention. I know a lot of if some some people that's not their cup of tea. Yeah. He's loving it, so he'll be here their one visit on Saturday. So that's the Vancouver Canuck team that's desperate for playoff points. The Buffalo Sabers aren't. They're just trying to get respectability. So that's where the Leafs have to have some kind of bounce back. Yeah. The other the other thing, you know, we're we're laughing, we're joking here, and I think I think honestly that's the right that's the right tone to take with this with this team. You realize what one game against the Sabres is but McKee you you bring it up this has been a bugaboo for this team for you know we can go back to the Columbus series we can go back to Montreal we can go back to last Monday Monday playing against Montreal you've got to run a teams and I wouldn't necessarily throw the Canucks in there but you've got to run a games coming up where you're playing teams like Buffalo and you can't afford to for five six seven games in a row kind of play down to the to the level of competition that you saw tonight so I think that's the kind of if there is a concern coming out of it that's what it is and after the Leafs' loss to the Habs last Monday, was that yep. that was last Monday? Uh, Sheldon Keefe said that 
you know, this kind of loss can potentially be good for a team. A bit of a wake-up call. They go out the next night, they play better against Columbus, then they beat the Wild, they beat uh, Detroit and Washington. So that was, I guess, it was a bit of a wake-up call. But now what do you say? Yeah, yeah no. Now what? No, but that's, see, it's one game, and that's right. You start thinking it was back. It just the snooze. To the, it wasn't yeah, the full alarm. <laughs> yeah, you're, so you're thinking oh, back to the, uh, you know, the other three about that, and you go, and you just try to put it in context. But right now, you're just, uh, you came down, you invested a night out, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're working, so that's yeah. different. But it, uh, as a fan, you know, and, and again, first game, it's like a season opener all over again. So, God. yeah, there's all there's all those uh, there's all those kind of variables coming into tonight's game. And at the end, it's just uh, it, it's that line I used before. Mike Babcock said it with Detroit that this is one if you're taking the flight back, which they're not tonight. You don't even look at the video. You just have a couple of beers on the plane ride. And uh, you know, or whatever you, whatever beverages of choice. Yeah, I, I just the thing that I just to go back to the fans and the booing and the the Bronx cheer and the one for Mrazek towards the end of the third period was pretty loud. Yeah, there was and, it was very very audible. You know, and I, I I see both sides of that. Obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of goalies in general, but that's a pretty tough Bronx cheer. It's a loud one, and if I was in the crowd with a couple large drafts from uh, Scotiabank Arena, I probably would have done it myself. But I mean, what does that do to a guy's confidence? What does that do to a guy that's already struggling? Like, what do you, like from your guy's perspective? That's gotta hurt big time if you're if you're playing goalie and that's happening for you. He I, was three zero and zero in his last three games at home, I undefeated mean, at home. Like, like yeah. he's 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 not quite there where he deserves the Bronx cheer, but it's just people know something is rotten with the state of the the goaltending right now, more so Jack Campbell. So I I don't I I just think there's the fragility of fans that are saying, oh my God, come on. Come on, we're not going in the playoffs with questionable goaltending this year, are we? Well, yeah. and I think the other thing about it is that's where that's where your leadership group, that's where the other goaltender, that's where goalie coach Steve Briere. Because, again, was that about Morazic? Yes, of course. But it wasn't just about Peter Morazic. There, there was no chance where they were going to get a chance to boo the entirety <laughs> of the Leafs team. They weren't going to come out and salute them at center ice <laughs> yeah. after a 5-1 loss. Oh. That would have not been a great scene. So I think that's – I think – and look, like, you can imagine – yourself in that scenario you just stunk it up and everyone's booing you when you make a save and your buddy's coming up to you going it's not really about you though man and it's just it's one of those things where he has to be able to kind of convince himself of that I think and uh up on our tv here up at the uh the the press box Peter Mrazek facing the media after his game tonight so you always like to see a little bit of accountability not having your best night still the willingness to go out there and speak to the media you like to see that a little bit so not i mean not a huge thing but you know from a fan's perspective i think that's something that matters being able to be a little bit accountable out there not a great start i think i think it matters a lot yeah and look what they flash up though their home record 19-6 and 1 <laughs> i know <laughs> to put I know. it in context like about but but you know the playing in front of the empty crowds and, you know, like teams like Ottawa, and they did, you, you kind of didn't count them as home games, right? But yeah. that's, the, that's their, anyway, that's their, that's their, the other weird part is, okay, so Vancouver on Saturday, so we're talking about, you know, if they lose, that really hurts Vancouver in the Pacific Division trying to get in the playoffs. Uh, a couple of years ago when the pause hit, remember the Leafs were battling Florida for that playoff yeah, yep, spot. I do. And now you have a loss like this, and we're not saying, geez, you know, Florida gained two points on them. 
Leafs are in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's weird. There's 30 games left, and they're in the playoffs, and Buffalo's not in the playoffs. And, and it's not going to change. It's going to change coming first, second, or third maybe, but it's not going to change in the Atlantic Division. So um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just it's just what reality is. Yeah, I think, it, I think it cranks up the pressure on the coaching staff a little bit, that you don't have that obvious thing to point at saying, you are not going to have a playoffs if, if you're there. But don't, don't you think that if you're looking at the things to sort of inspire – if you don't have the, the, the cookie of making the playoffs, which you're obviously going to, I think Sheldon Keefe can obviously be banging the drum of winning the division. For sure. Because it's not like this they're a really far back. If they had a won this game tonight, they would have been tied for the lead in the Atlantic division. So I think that's a real goal. And your prize may be playing the Boston Bruins in the wild card <laughs> position, which would be really uh, just Well, there is perfect. no prize. There is Their no prize was the last two years. For sure. The last year it was set Every up. Every team about, in the East yeah. is great, Gordo. There's, yeah. no, there's no weak teams in the East. So, I mean, the weakest team would be the Caps that are going to be in the playoffs, and we saw them. They're a great team still. They have guys that can hurt you. So it's, there's no prize, but I think you're, what you're coaching towards and what you're t- trying to keep their guys motivated is the division is well within reach. It really is. Yeah, it's just I think it's an interesting thing when you look at it because what's the what's the optimal playoff team? I don't know what it there is. There isn't one. There isn't one. You have to beat three really good teams if you want to make it. Yeah, and you know it's the, that 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 Panthers team I think is the one that we're all the most uncertain about, but they've also looked really really good yeah. at times this year. So uh, careful which poison you pick heading in there because, like you said, even if it's Boston, oh boy, oh boy, we know uh, we know what that movie looks <laughs> oh, like. Do we I, ever? I kind of hate it. It's <laughs> my honest. least favorite I, movie yeah. of all time. Yeah, this is it's the opposite of Step. <laughs> okay, Brothers. but okay, what is, what but what does Boston have now? Okay, two Carrascas is the guy that did a number on the Leafs. Jeremy yep. Swayman's number. They developed a goaltender from within right now who's number one in goals against average in the NHL. And this has been the bugaboo the Leafs, again, have not been able to develop a goaltender from within since Felix Potvin. You know, James Reimer is a little bit different. I'll count him, but he wasn't sort of – he just happened to be. He was the accidental number one goalie. But that's a problem now, you know, and – They were got, so close with Kazmir Kaskasua. They almost <laughs> did it. So – So we're talking about the goaltending here, and it feels like it's a pretty important conversation and one that Bonesy and Ralphie were talking about towards the end of the game because you got to find something to talk about in a sticker like that. Yes, you do. What level – like, do you really think about addressing this at the trade deadline? Because it seems to be a growing conversation, and I really don't know what – I guess that's why Kyle Dubas makes the very big bucks to try to make decisions like this, but I don't know. I don't know. You could get burned either way. It's such a hard one. Well, and the problem, I think the reason why it's such a tough decision to make is because you're not doing what you did last year. There's no world where you look at somebody else's Peter Mrazek and say, we'll get some insurance. Yeah, in yeah. We'll get another guy who can be part of the conversation. Correct. If you go out and get a goalie, it it's is to start. say, sorry, Jack, sorry, Peter. You're not the starter anymore. And I just, as as rough as it's been for both guys lately, mm-hmm. I don't know that you're ready to do that. One, in terms of in terms of what that goaltending upgrade you think will give you. And two, what's that going to cost you? And I guess the third part of that is you have to be sure that Jake Muzzin's on LTIR until the playoffs because if you can't afford – there's no point in bringing in a $2 million goalie. You need someone who's making money if you're going to go out and make the trade. So that, that's why it's so tough for me. And that's why when I said you go down to the dressing room, you don't say much because it's the worst time to talk about it right this second. Oh, yeah. But we, we're, it's for us to talk about. It's, it's right for us Leafs, to talk Leafs Nation <laughs> post game. We have to talk about things. And, and I, I think you're stuck with the goaltending. Um, Mark Andre Fleury, I don't even know if he'd agree to come to Toronto. Uh, but well, that's the thing. A lot of guys have Canadian teams on their yeah, own. Yeah, and, and then after that, I don't know. Like, I can't see anybody else that 
has that kind of wow factor. You know, Nick Foligno just got a second goal of the season last night. And and I and I was big on Nick Foligno coming here. So Don't get I. me wrong. I no, like the so trade. But you start breaking it down, and you realize he's a player that was breaking down. Yeah. And that's what your pro scouts are out about, getting that little extra intel. And last year, he arrived here and broke down. And already look at the last year or two, there were kind of warning signs that he wasn't playing at the same level he'd had at the other years because he plays a very physical game. And, and again, I, I love seeing the sexy name, but sometimes the sexy name you're thinking of it three, four, five, six years ago. And that's yeah. why as people sit and talk about goaltenders, you know, like possibly coming and doing the job, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, you know, you're, you're, you're almost, I don't know, the, the, like I said, Mark andre and is he really the wow guy this it's year? It's true, yeah. it's true. You know, if he was the wow guy, they'd be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If there's a wow goaltender, his team's in the playoffs. Well, the thing that... Uh, we talk about a lot on uh, with Kipper and Borny is that how many how many contenders are really sure about goaltending? How many great goalies are there really in the NHL these days? You think of Vasilevsky, obviously yep. number one. You think of Shesterkin. You think of I mean, you look at Florida. What are they thinking about with their goaltending yep. going into the playoffs? You think about Colorado. Kemper's been good, but he's not necessarily a superstar when it comes. <laughs> a lot like, of the guys you think of are on fringy teams, and like Helly Buck yeah, with the Jets and yeah, Gibson and with and the like, Ducks. Yeah. Obviously, Freddie Anderson has been one of the better goalies in the league this year, but we all know what's kind of haunted him when it comes to playoff time and big games. Like, there's a ton of teams that it's goaltending god no but it's not think about the okay it's hard to project from the pacific division but if you're looking at 16 teams that are making the playoffs um who else has goaltending worries like the toronto maple leafs do ah, there's you not know, of teams making the like edmonton orders if they make the playoffs would be a, a team that markstrom's would, a solid goalie yeah. He's oh yeah yeah i'm just i'm league. just saying like after that you really don't have that is an issue. Toronto really, uh, Washington is one that has come up a little bit. Colorado, yeah, they're the one, but their goaltending's killing. They're number sure. one in the NHL, and the goaltending's been phenomenal. So sure. even but if reputationally you're saying, maybe, but no, you you got to go by how they're playing, yeah. and their goaltending's been outstanding. I mean, you look at Vegas, too, with, with Leonard, who's been in and yep. out of the lineup. Montembeau, not Montembeau. Um, I forget the name of the goalie there, but anyways. Yeah, they just there's teams... Basically, what I'm getting at here is goaltending is incredibly unpredictable. And at the start of the year, for the first month and a half, we were talking about how Jack Campbell may be a Vesna candidate. Now it's it's gone the opposite well, this direction. Well, this is why I keep going back to to the Leafs and Panthers and how much they're mirror images of each other. And look, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky got paid the 10 million bucks. I'm not going to say he has the track record that Jack Campbell does, but yeah. that guy, we know he can be amazing and he mm-hmm. can go through struggles, struggles, struggles. And you look at the forward groups and then the D and it's a little stronger up front for the other and a little stronger in the blue line for, for one. I, I can't wait for those teams uh, to play each other. Hopefully not in the playoffs, but I can't wait. Uh, they played for, three times I know, before the right, end of the year. right down the stretch. Uh, we got a little more to break down here on Leafs Nation. Extending things, I thought. Oh, look at us. Interesting goaltending conversations. Look at us finding finding stuff to break <laughs> down here in a 5-1 Leafs loss. We will continue. Wrap things up next when we continue on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Not the night the Leafs wanted here at Scotiabank Arena. They are 5-1 losers at home to the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, I just saw this stat pop up, and, you know, why wouldn't I end the game like this tonight? Craig Anderson, the winning goaltender, is the first 40-year-old goalie or older to play the Leafs since David Ayers did so in the Zamboni driver game. Because, of course, why wouldn't that be the way it goes tonight? Uh, As I mentioned, Leafs struggling tonight. They fall 5-1 to the Sabres. They'll be back at it on Saturday, back here at home with a game against the Canucks. Gordo and I will be back with a post-game pod after that one. Then we'll have the Leafs this week on Sportsnet 590 The Fan on Sunday. Sam McKee, thanks. 
to you, Gord Stellick. Thanks for joining me. But most importantly, thank you for listening.